We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Jack Ramsey's Danny Burang. Brandon Sprague, I looked down, and I was like, that's weird. Both my mic lines are down. I was like, they were just both up. What's going on? I almost hopped into it and had another issue. For those of you that were there for the uh, debacle that was my Midnight Plus show following Game 2, um, no, I was not drunk. No, I was just very, very tired. <laughs> I, I had a lot of a lot of, a lot of, a lot of a lot of energy and juice and uh, gas yeah. gassed up on the way home. I hit the door and I was, I was done. I was cooked, man. It's it's really <laughs> odd how those games work. Like if you hang around after the game for a while, because every you, everybody feels it, right? I go to I've gone to a game as a fan and like I feel it after that game. Like when we're media, you're instantly in work mode as soon as that buzzer sounds. Yep. But you're still amped from watching what you probably was a good basketball game, and so like if you burn that juice off. You get where Danny gets in the house, and you're like, yeah, I can move. But if you if you do what I used to do, which is dip, get audio, leave, yeah. not even hang out, not write anything, just whoosh, whoosh, you get home and you're like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't go to I can't, sleep. Can't go to sleep quite yet. Yeah, no, I can't go to sleep. And that's you know what typically I mean? what I ran into. But yeah, you know, they've got the way the podium's structured and all that stuff now. Like, it oh takes yeah, a little bit longer. So I was like, oh, you know what? You know what? I can make it home and put on a show. And I got to the end of that show, and I'm like, I felt like I did a like a, a run-on sentence for 38 minutes. That's what it kind of sounded like. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't, but I was like, I, I, I just couldn't like full or coherent thought and stop it and end it. And that's why I didn't throw it on the podcast. It was just fun to kind of celebrate. Uh, but again, welcome everybody in. Danny Brang, Brandon Sprague, Jack Ramsey's. Thank you all for getting us over 4,000 uh, on YouTube. We appreciate it. Our podcast numbers are through the roof this month as well. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you all so very much. Uh, like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show. If you're new here on YouTube, click subscribe. It's free. It's easy. If you want to take part in the watch parties like we had today, all you got to do is join. I think it's a buck ninety nine or something like that. And uh, then that gets you into all the, what, 39 remaining watch parties for this year. And then the AMAs and the contests and giveaways and all stuff that we're going to do throughout the season. So without further ado, Blazers are 3-0. and oh, I have a pile of questions. Uh, my thought process here since Brandon wasn't on was to have a little group of games here between Phoenix and L.A. Kind of talk about both those. Uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, the in-between, 
And Brandon, since you didn't get a chance to talk Phoenix, kind of leading into this, what were your thoughts uh, after the Phoenix Suns game? You know, my first one was instantly feel good for Dame. Mm-hmm. Like to, to come off of having a tough game one, second game back at your home opener, you got Phoenix in the, in the building. Like I, I just, I felt good for Dame. I thought there was nothing better to sum up their very, you know, brief. It's been three games, but to sum up the season so far, I don't know if there's a better example in the last two ways the games have ended where Dame's kind of the guy and the end of Phoenix, what, do, what does he do? He trusts Ant. And then Dame's the guy again today against the Lakers. And what do they do? They call play for Jeremy Grant. And you know what I mean? Like they're, they're just a team of dudes that seem like they, they want to play for each other and they're happy for one another. And there's no ego involved here, man. It, it, it does feel different in that way, um, but Phoenix was great. I love that Nurkic bounced back and seemingly had a pretty good game. I caught a couple of your questions on the post game. I thought those were interesting because I was waiting for Nurkic to maybe give it back to you a little bit. I gave, just, listen, I didn't really talk about it then. I gave him his opportunity. He earned it. I gave him his I know. opportunity. I, I know. I lobbed it to him. I heard it. I heard it, and <laughs> Nurk kind of took the high road there. But there, I mean, there was what didn't you like about it? It was a it's the same team we've seen for three games, whether it's the Kings, the Lakers or the Suns. Danny, it seems to be the exact same team every time. I don't know what to expect in certain areas, but I know it's going to, somebody's going to step up for it. So we know that. Yeah. I think that's kind of the big takeaway is that if you're looking like overarching theme of everything, yes, Dame back-to-back 40 point nights solves a lot of your offensive problems. And, is everybody's worried about the defense? And I'm still a little worried about the offense coming together. And a lot of that has to do with Ant. And we'll dive into that. Um, but the total of the, of the hole here, it's, it's, it's a, it's the dudes. And that has so much to do with the roster construction for years. It was just Dame or CJ. And then please God, somebody else, somebody else give us some juice on a given night, yeah. whether it be Nurk whether it be Aminu finding some threes, whether oh, it was Ant right. having one of those nights last, you know, like a little bit here or there. Like, but you had to hope and pray. Yeah. Now you got Josh Hart ripping down and going. You got Jeremy Grant, the best spot up three point shooter in the NBA right now. Uh, Shaden Sharp's going to give you a little bit. Nas, the last couple games, has given you these little burst sessions. Hey, and Nas is finding it from the field, too. And that's the group, last yeah. two games. I, I felt really happy for Nas because. You know, it's when you do a, a, a basketball or a baseball pod, you're just going to have moments where you, there's reaction to something that mm-hmm. like, hey, there's still so much time. And, you know, I, I was happy for Nas, what I would he, say. He's had a couple of that first game. He's had a couple burst moments in, yeah. in games two and three, like a five minute stretch. That's what you want from him because it's yep. something there to build on. Uh, but between both of these games, like, there's been moments, and like even with, with Ant and Nurk, who I think have been kind of the two polarizing guys on both sides of the floor, really. Um, Ant, even struggling shooting, had a game winner and has had a ten or two 10-point quarters. When they Honestly, when they needed the most, against the Suns in the fourth quarter and the Kings in the third quarter. like Those have been seminal moments already for Ant, even though he's struggling mightily with his jump shot. He's still finding ways to contribute. Nurk had a very bad first game, had a tremendous second game, had a, a couple issues early on where it was like, eh, but you look down and you looked at his box score. I think he had 5-3-2 and two in his first shift, and I was like, all right, that's not bad. Aiton was kind of cooking there a little bit, and I was like, oh, I don't know. But quarters, back into the second quarter, third quarter, and into the fourth quarter, I thought Nurk did really well. 
he was tired in the fourth quarter. Back end of the fourth quarter. Thankfully, Aiton missed some shots, and then Dame got in Aiton's head. But that's not a, a shot at Nurk. I thought he played tremendously against the Suns. I thought he had a great shift today uh, against Damian Jones, but was made to look lesser than against Anthony Davis. And it was like, that's that's kind of the world you live in. Anthony Davis does that when, to a lot of people. Yeah, when Anthony Davis is that Anthony Davis. It's tough to overcome. There's very few, if any, that in the league, you know, that can really kind of rival that. So you're talking about Giannis type people, and and we just know he ain't that, and that's no. okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, he had a couple moments today where I was like, ah, but like for the most part, he's more, fine. More engaged than game one. Yes, significantly more. Yes, um, and that's why I think what what, what did he finish with minutes wise? Uh, Thirty. Even though he's only two of five, he did have thirteen rebounds. He had four assists. Uh, kept the fouls under control. Turnovers are down a little bit. Knocked both his free throws down. I I wasn't a fan of, really of a lot of his shots because again he only got five. There were a couple where I thought he gave some up, like he gave you know used the body and was physical. And instead of going physical one more time, it was he did the little flip shot. But I'm like, baby steps, baby steps. I mean the, you know the ball going on the floor dribble that he likes to do it's it's a little low so he's ten it tends to get swiped and yeah especially against the Laker team that's a lot of length he he had a few of those but like you know what as long as it wasn't game one yeah no like Nurk, I said game two three Nurk find that sweet spot yeah. and like you're good for me effort physicality because yep. those like he brings those two things the rest I feel like come naturally I feel like right. that's kind of the, the nature of the beast with him. Ah, got it, beast. Ah. Um, let's move kind of towards the, the Lakers game now. First of all, let's get this out of the way. The Lakers are a steaming pile of garbage. I mean, they, they are dysfunctional to a limit that I cannot begin just into the ocean. And, I mean, they are an abyss of basketball suckitude. That that roster, look, I, I, I don't want to – in such a player-heavy league, I don't want to sound like I'm taking anything away from player responsibility here. I've said it before. I I don't think AD is a franchise dude. Um, that bubble seems to be the kind of the anomaly to the shooting career. LeBron is, I mean, it's past his prime, but he's still a good player. But he's not a dude that like is single-handedly winning you those games like that on a consistent mm-hmm. basis anymore. And then what do you got? Russell Westbrook, Austin Reeves. Hey, don't slander I mean, Reeves. Reeves. Reeves is a viable NBA player. He's one of the only okay, ones they have. But like Kendrick Nunn, like I, I he's just, awful. He, I, I'm, I'm, he's I'm watching this game and I'm like, yo, like, yeah, LeBron and AD should be carrying a team. Okay, that's yes, that's a G League roster. No, everybody else outside and, of those two guys is gone. And I'm sorry, like that's a bad Palinka thing, but also it's the worst indictment of the ownership group when a team in the Bay Area mm-hmm. is paying a 400 million dollar tax and you're not willing to pay a tax ever. Like as a team that prints money, you got a PPP loan for God's sakes, man. Like you're an entity. And anyways, I don't want to sidetrack. Let's get to questions. Uh, Yes, you are right. They are, they are an abject disaster. Yeah. And I, I don't know what I do. I don't know what you do out of that situation. Uh, You have almost no draft capital and they have, they have none outside of their 27, 29. Like that's, that's, and your one move to make is at best, Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Mm-hmm. Ah, is that okay. saving you? And that's maybe that's a hat tip to them that they, that they realize that that can't save them. I don't I, know. Who, who knows? I don't know. But I'll say this: I thought LeBron that two for one Danny was one of the worst NBA plays I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's up there. Why are you playing a two for one game? You're up. 
No, listen, I don't necessarily hate a two-for-one because Dame against Phoenix twice went two-for-one. But the difference but, but, is— But you're Russell Westbrook. Exactly. You cannot shoot. Like, like that's my point. Is like, why are you going for a two-for-one? Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I saw somebody on, on Twitter tonight who I trust very much and who is very much an NBA person, like in, works in the league, tweet something to the effects of, you cannot love—if you were the Lakers, he cannot shoot. Like, you cannot let him shoot. I mean, yeah. That's, that's the point it's reached of, like, somebody who does not t- have hot takes saying that an NBA player should not be allowed to shoot. Like, and if that's the case, they aren't an NBA player. Ta-da. I mean, yeah. And that's the thing is, like, I, I, when, well, yeah. I spent a ton of time on Russ, but I just don't think yeah. he's an NBA guy anymore. Um, you had LeBron and AD. Honestly, they give you brilliant games. They give you brilliant games on both sides of the floor. Um, I was it was hilarious to laugh at LeBron airballing a. LeBron uh, had some pretty bad offensive possessions. He did, but I also have to kind of like tip my hat to him because he has zero shooting around him, and he's still getting into the middle of defense, drawing defenders, or bowling people over and getting to the rim. I mean, he's still a really that. That's what's sad about it, actually. But I mean, if you're a non-Laker fan, it's great. But like, if you're a Laker fan, you've got to be eating up like. AD lost weight. He's looking good. Mm-hmm. He still can't shoot, but like he's kind of getting back to being athletic. I mean, rangy. defensively, he looks like a DPOY kind of guy right yes, now. Yes, absolutely. Which he was kind of that in New Orleans. And, um, you know, LeBron isn't carrying a team, but he's damn, man. A lot of teams could use a LeBron. You know what I mean? And they'd feel a lot better off. So I think you just go back to the roster problem. Yeah. And, and ultimately, the Lakers wanted this game, man. They wanted this game. The Blazers, um, I don't have confirmation one way or other on this, but I just go on a limb and say if you're spending a whole Saturday in L.A. on a road trip before a Sunday afternoon game, they probably went out last night. I mean, it's, it's, it's Los Angeles. It's, it's L.A. You got a lot of young guys on this team. Yeah. Got a lot of new contracts on this team. But I would I would imagine they went out because they look like they went out this morning. Well, yeah, I'm sure they went out, but like maybe they went went out responsibly. They went sure. out and hung out till midnight and and then. then, then, then didn't go to the champagne room whatever you know i mean look no no matter who did what like they didn't play like a team that didn't care to win this game i'm just saying i don't care they were just sloppy to start this game but the lakers are so bad sure the way that game started 28 other teams 28 other teams are making the blazers pay significantly more than they did because the lakers could not hit a portland was awful to start the game well that's why awful Ike and Danny tweeted something to the effect of like that, like, right. Like I can't believe Portland's either tied or behind only this. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I know what he meant, but like, I just had a jokingly response and the Lakers suck. That's yes. why they're, that's why this is possible. And that, that's really what it came down to is that it's such a bad team that even a team like the Blazers who are working through so much, I'm going to, I'm going to get a little, little statty with you here real quick. Okay. Okay. So looking at, um, the the half court offense, courtesy of uh, the good folks at Ben Falk and cleaning the glass. The Blazers' offense right now is twenty third in points per possession. When you take away uh, transition, that's good for or one hundred eight point five points per hundred possessions. That's good for twenty third. That's ahead of OKC, Phoenix, Houston, L.A., the Clippers, Washington, Chicago, and then the Lakers dead last. The Lakers are twelve points behind. Seven yeah. spots, twelve points. That's insane. In the half court, uh, like I said, the Blazers are um, 26th. I'm sorry, in the half court, they're 26th. Overall, they're 23rd. Uh, Their putbacks bring them up. But when you get into transition, their points per possession, the Blazers are, where did they go? Sorting through, sorting through. They're, uh, lost it. 
where to go? There we go. They're 12th in uh, points uh, four, at 4.2 points per 100 possessions over expectation. Their frequency, here's where you're noticing the difference. Only the Hawks, Lakers, and Raptors are running more than the Blazers in frequency right now. The Blazers are fourth in the league at 20.5%. Now, if you look at their frequency, you look at them and as far as generating steals. They were 14th, middle of the league, nothing crazy. Here's where it gets nuts. Off of live rebounds, so missed shots, the Blazers are pushing into transition 41% of the time. Yeah. Third I would best actually, in the league. I would have, Danny, actually guessed higher. I would have guessed like 44 45%. It feels like every other rebound is push. And, you know, that's that's not only been refreshing. It's nice to have guys that you can push with, okay? that's That needs to be stated here because for years it was like, we're going to have tempo, wink, wink, and then they wouldn't have tempo. And then this year you see it with tempo and you kind of go, hey, look at this. Like, oh, what happens when you push? Shame on Terry. Shame on Chauncey last year. And I would respond with saying, yeah, it's nice to push with tempo when you have Josh Hart and Jeremy Grant Even and Ed Simons and Damon Lillard, and Shaden Sharp, and Nazir Little. Like, you have athletes and, and, and rangy guys that can take turns sharing the rock, be trusted with the rock. It, it, it makes a huge world of difference. So I love to hear those numbers on the transition. So for those of you that are wondering, that, that's, that's them taking advantage of this. That's what they're doing. It's, you heard us harp all summer on how – how much more aggressive and athletic they were going to be. And that it's easy to say, no, the, 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 the front office went out and got guys. They went out and got guys that matter. They went out and got guys that run and do this. But it's genuinely that. They have Josh Hart, who's a big part of this. Anthony is a big part of this. Whether you want to say his, he's been good, it's he's still pushing the pace. Uh, Jeremy Grant is pushing the pace. Justice Winslow is grabbing and going. Nurk, to his credit, is get, when he gets rebounds right now, it is not a wait for Dame to come back. It's I saw him today. He hit, he, he got one out to Nas. Yeah. Nas was going to go trigger. It's like, it was, a, woo, woo, woo. yeah, no, let's get this you know thing. Let's I mean? go. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's not go. play against a set defense every yep. single bleeping time. Sharp brought it up a few times. He handed it off immediately to Andrew Dame, whoever was out there with. But it was it it's being ingrained in the team of, okay, 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 let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And you can feel that emanating from the team right now. The problem becomes right now is no one outside Dame and Jeremy are, are, are hitting shots. Sure. And that, I mean, that kind of, I guess, leads us into the, the first block of questions um, that I got from guys. So this came in earlier. Should there be concern about Anthony Simon's slow start, or is this similar to Damian Lillard's CJ McCollum having a slow, slow start in the season? If not, is there a game marker when it could or should become a problem? Yeah, I mean, I, I you're probably you might dive into this more because it's your boy, but I was actually going to tell you before you even got to the question. I, I'm just going to ask you the calls. Please stop. We don't need the preface of hey, he's actually doing this well though. I don't care. He's not shooting well. Okay. He didn't have a good offensive game today. He had 10 points. You know what? Still don't care. He's doing some good things. He's bringing things to this team they need. And I'm going to give him over a month before I'm freaking out about a guy who was statistically the best 
what set three point shooter in the best league. Best catch shoot, shoot three point shooter in the league. Over it's the last like two years. I, give me a month. Okay, I don't even want to talk about this. This is not a real topic in my mind. Five people on Twitter are not representing the fan base. I'm not worried. I, again, I will preface this with saying I'm not worried. And I'm not worried about his confidence. I've already talked to him. I've talked to him a couple times. He will tell you this. They're winning in spite of that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So he's not worried. Did you think they'd be winning if he was shooting like this? I don't no. think most people would have been. So and that's the thing is that is if he if he can put things together, they look infinitely better on the offensive side of the ball to figure things out. But the flip side of this is he does need to start hitting shots. If I was I said ten games. Like if he has a ten game streak where he doesn't have like one or two games of ant stuff. I expect to see from him. Then, then I raise an eyebrow because this is a guy for the last two years has been one of the best shooters in the league. When you've got that kind of shot profile and history behind you, I just tend to believe that it'll work out. Is it a playing alongside Dame thing? Is it a confidence issue? Is it a shooting slump just like everybody goes through? I don't know. How do you hit a game-winning shot? And we're talking about is it a confidence issue? That's not a real thing, man. Like, he's just in a slump. He's starting the season slow. If you thought he was going to come out and shoot from the get-go 22 points a game, like, okay, fine. You wanted that to happen. I wanted that to happen. But, man, they're winning. And he's making winning plays even when he's not hitting shots. Like, I'm not concerned yet, and I don't think it's a confidence issue. I, and I think he's still doing enough. And I've saw people today in particular with the Lakers game, they, people were getting frustrated, but you know, he's missing shots. I get that. Like nobody wants to see Ant miss shots. I don't want to see Ant miss shots, but I also don't believe that he's going to continue struggling at that point. I've seen some other people say, um, you know, why, or, or I've seen some people say, why, why was he back out there? He needs to be benched. Did CJ McCollum ever once get benched? Damian Lillard ever get once get benched? No, your primary offensive guys are never, Ever, ever, ever getting benched in the NBA. You do not pay a guy $25 million to be your offensive engine to bench him. Not unless you're Atlanta and you're playing the offensive defensive defensive thing with Trey Young. Yes, and that's because <laughs> Trey is so ungodly bad. It's yes. ridiculous. But other, your point, yes. Is that but, and again, that's understood. That's an right, understood right, benching. Right. Um, where I will give Ann a little bit of credit is defensively he's been better. 
particularly in some isolations and some post-ups. They tried to hunt him a few times. Uh, I thought game one he was actually pretty poor uh, for probably the first half. I thought he, he buckled in in, in, the, in the later half of that game. Phoenix had a couple good possessions, particularly generating steals, getting passing lanes, deflections. Same thing tonight. He got a couple uh, uh, deflections. He got posted up by, was was it Braun? Well, yeah, it was Braun. Shaden Sharp came in. Braun tried to back him down twice, and Shaden came to the back, so I got the steal. It mm-hmm. was like, oh, okay. You, like, you can hang as long as you're in isolation. Uh, you're in space to operate. Where he still needs to continue to get better is in pick-and-roll navigation. Like, if he can turn himself into Mikhail Bridges and not necessarily the defensive player, but Mikhail Bridges in, like, being impossible to screen. I, I watched that uh, the second half of that Suns game back earlier. Mikhail Bridges is the most impossible player in the league to screen. Oh, I mean, he's 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 really he, difficult, man. He's just so slippery and spindly, man. He just bends and moves yeah. and slides. I feel like he, he can't he, get him. He almost reminds me of uh, – Jack the Pumpkin King in the way that, like, when a screen comes, he can yep. put his arm and leg over, over the top of yep. the screen <laughs> and just slither his way, like, right through. And you're just like, wow, man, how do you do that? I watched Nurk try to get him so many times, and it was I like, know. he just couldn't get him. I was couldn't like, get him. God, he's slippery. But if Ant can get to that level of, of, of screen, and not even get to that level, if he can show, like, that ability to navigate screens and not get caught on them, it puts the Blazers' defense in a much, much better place. You don't have to rotate or switch earlier. Uh, just it helps you stay in front of things. That's really what I'm looking for for him because it allows not only that it allows him to be more more disruptive, get in passing lanes, get some more deflections, uh, things of that nature. But as far as the, am I worried about him? No, I won't. I won't be for another seven or eight games. Yeah. Um, this is a there's a follow up question for somebody else. Were you all surprised when Chauncey sub back into the game for Justice late in the fourth quarter? I was. All's well that ends well, or should we still be concerned with these rotations? This is kind of leaning more into Chauncey and Ant. I'll go on the the first side of this. I'm I have no issues with Chauncey's rotations at all right now. I think Chauncey's actually done a really good job of pressing the right button. So that's one of the biggest things a coach can do is decide who plays and when. And I think the almost entirely perfect. He's he's been hitting the buttons. There's a, been a couple. Uh, I would say the first rotation of Eubanks in this against this in the Suns game was a little little, little dicey. Um, but other than that. I, th- I think he's been doing incredibly well, and he went back to Ant. He would have gone back to Ant earlier, but Ant had five fouls. That was the thing, is that the only reason Justice is out there was because Ant had five fouls. I, I have, I, I, there was an argument in the watch party today about how Russell Westbrook, because he had 10 points, was, was playing better than Anthony Simons. And that's never going to be the case, and you can see the difference when, between Justice Winslow and Anthony Simons on the floor. And that's because when Anthony Simons is on the floor, they don't. The Lakers don't care that Anthony Simons is having a poor shooting night. They're never. There's not a team in the NBA that's going to dare Anthony Simons to take shots. They are not going to give him a 12 foot cushion and play four on five. If anything, what the Lakers did is go two on. They're going to bring two to him to try because to test his ball handling. That's what mm-hmm. they're going to do. So this whole idea of like. You know, rotations and Ant needs to come off. That that's never going to happen. That's that you're you're not taking your second best shot creator off the floor. Yeah, no, I, I to the Chauncey thing. I mean, I I don't really have anything to add. I they don't have a real true, and I mean I mean no disrespect here. They don't have a real true backup big. They're running Justice Winslow at the five. Um, 
Anthony Simons is not hitting his shots right now, and they're trusting a rookie with like 13 minutes a game. Guys, I, if we have rotational issues with Chauncey, we are nitpicking at, at most here. I, I don't know how you have anything wrong. I, I'm kind of happy with it. He doesn't seem like a guy that's going to be stubborn in any way. And he's trying things, man. They're 3-0. and He's trying things. He's got a team of kind of randomness, right? It's a roster that everybody looked at around the league and was like, what, what are they doing? What are they doing? Yeah. Why are they doing that over there? And look, it's 3-0. and It's still early. But, like, you already have one national pundit apologizing for Dame. It's just like, let's Oops. calm down. Let's calm down on the Chauncey stuff. I don't – his rotations have actually been fun. I like some of the lineups he's thrown out there. Let's give this some more time before we get into the, I guess, the picking apart of Chauncey Billups. Yeah, no, again, I, I have, if anything, I'm going to give Chauncey some credit, a little hat tip. Uh, one of the things that, before we move on to the next question, uh, dive it into the synergy data. Uh, the Blazers right now are running zone at roughly about 14% of the time. Yeah. Which isn't that much, but it is. Uh, it rates the 80th percentile in the NBA. Let me go ahead and sort this here real quick, which is funny because only six teams have run zone. And actually the Blazers are first in zone mm-hmm. percentage. They're running more zone than anyone. And their zone right now is allowing 0.94 points per possession, which not great, but not bad by any means either. Um They've gone into their press now about a dozen times between two games. They did it against the Suns, and they did it against the the Lakers. And mm-hmm. that's not necessarily to generate turnovers. That's just a, hey, let's give them a different look, make them think about it, get a little bit deeper in the clock, maybe force some actions. Right. That, and I think they've, they've sprinkled in enough junk, particularly with when they go smaller with, with Eubanks at the five right now. They're, they're doing that stuff because Drew's mobile enough to, to move around, cover up some stuff, but it also keeps – someone like Anthony Davis from or DeAndre Ayton from getting into the offense early and just sealing Drew into oblivion because both those guys are just so big. There's there's nothing Drew can do with those guys, which mm-hmm. like, it's not to be fair to him. He had a couple of tremendous plays in, against Phoenix. And again, tonight he had two tremendous blocks at the rim where you're just like, God, I wish you were six ten. <laughs> no, I, 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 that was the thing. My, I told my brother-in-law that, uh, we were watching the Phoenix game, and I said that to him, and he started laughing. He goes, man, if he was. And I go, I know. It's the only thing that's It'd holding him back. He'd be a fantastic back. backup center. He'd be a great he backup He truly big. would. Yeah. Um, but as far as the Ant stuff, he struggled. Literally, everybody's like, you're, you're, not, you're not hard enough on Ant. No, I'm not going to be hard enough on the guy that's been one of the best shooters in the NBA for the last two years for over three games. No, I'm not. We get to game 12, 13, 14, and he's shooting like this. Yeah, I'll, I'll start throwing things. Like I'm not I'm not freaking out. No. Um. One thing we can't forget about, Shaden Sharp looks like he belongs. Uh, this question came in, is or should Shaden Sharp be looked at the Blazers' sixth man? I mean, I get why he's not the sixth man, given their team. I This is the, not doesn't make a difference to me. I think he's being used exactly how he should be used. He's getting the minutes. They haven't fallen off that way. He He's trusted. Um, I feel like he's also, by the way, he's making plays defensively. Staying in he, front of guys for he's sure. Staying in front of guys. He snuck up on Braun with a rip today. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's getting out on the open breaks when he gets an opportunity and he's not forcing it offensively. I've been watching him a lot when he's on the offensive set side of the ball. And, you know, he's largely kind of just hanging Lurking. in the corner. But I'm always kind of keeping it's weird with him. And I wonder if other people are doing this. 
these games are so tight and so competitive and the Blazers obviously winning them that even in like critical situations, I find myself kind of keeping my eye. Like one eye is solely just on, on Shaden. Yeah. And if he's drifting, is he cutting in? Is he waiting to spot up? And the other eye is on whoever's got the rock dame and whoever. And I don't know. I think that's the fun part about having a top 10 pick play and actually be in your rotation. It's just watching as you might to call it the development process, mm-hmm. right? The, how he, how he becomes who he becomes. And this is the start of it. So I don't know about you, but like when he's in there, I'm keeping like a big eye on him specifically, even more so than I am like, Hey, did you see that screen? I'm like, Oh no, I was just watching Shaden. I was watching Shaden do some cool shit up there. Shaden took three steps to his right. That's what I saw. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he drifted when the ball went down, like on the <laughs> damn drove and, and, and he went flat with him. Cause you know, you're supposed to dump down into the corner as the drive goes like, yeah, just like certain little things that you're watching from him. Like see how he moves, when he moves, where he moves. Yeah. That's such a huge like thing of, is it natural for you? Is it forced? Is it something you have to work on? It's the one thing we talked about Jabari Walker in summer league, how natural it was for him to play off ball. Because Shaden has been a guy who historically has been at, at the ball in his hands, and he's not going to for a little while. This is like Damon CJ with Ant. Like, he's got to find and pick his moments. And by God, did he pick his freaking moment. Hey. Yeah. My goodness. That lob was. If that tomahawk putback would have landed. Oh, Jesus. Brother, he. He caught it and then, then caught it, it down. back. And then he just, unfortunately, uh, yeah. The Blazers have had like five missed dunks already this season that are would be number one dunk of the season Most last teams. year. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. He's got a nose for timing on the offensive rebounds. He's tried it twice already now. Um, clearly, he is a monster, monster lob threat already. Oh, yeah. He's trying to think. Best lob threat in 20 years, probably. Oh, really? You don't think Rudy was in that conversation? I, that's where I was stopping was Rudy. Rudy's ability was what incredible. What about T-Rob? What about T-Rob? Mm, T-Rob, you had to have it's a— different. It, yeah, it, it's not the same kind of—it's not an open court thing. It's not, it's a, not a wiry, athletic, skinnier-framed yeah. guy doing it. Yeah, yeah Rudy, I Rudy was great, but it was more Rudy and, and Sergio being on the same page all sure. the time. Sure. The Spanish Armada connection. Shaden, I think, is just anybody who. Gerald had it a little bit, but he was kind of past his peak of it. Of being a physical freak. And Shaden's got about 10 more years of it. Yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. (laughs) But it's fun, man. It's it's been really fun. Even when he misses or, you know, he gets a foul called on him, I'm still there like, I love this. I love that he's playing. It just makes me happy to see that they're not only getting off to the start and playing how they're playing, but they're. They're doing it with bringing him along. Like how yeah, awesome both. is that? And remember, yes. Joe talked about this on on two, or Monday with us. the The whole idea of the recklessness of trying to develop young guys like Ant, yeah. Shaden, Nas, yep. Keon, Trendon, Jabari, that whole crew that's twenty three and under, and on the same timeline with Dame, mm-hmm. and how risky it is. But this is kind of like. This is where it comes up, and and you saw him against Phoenix, not be great. Sure, he but, had a bad game. And, but here's okay. the thing: he didn't even have a bad game. He had a rookie game in his game too. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like that's normal. But the flip side of it of all of this is is that when he's on the floor, I don't panic, and I'm like, oh Jesus, you got to get this kid out of here. Oh, even, I don't either. Like even when he makes mistakes against the Suns, and a little bit tonight, um, 
how many fouls did he finish with tonight? It was just, I think it was just the two, right? Yeah. Suns, he was sloppy. He was reaching in, being a little grabby, like like guys would get by him, and instead of trying to fight back in front, he'd reach just little kid stuff. Like you, you like, oh, you're like you're young in the NBA. I get it. Or uh, he got called for the goaltend today, where coming off he hit the backboard when the ball was still on the rim and it was kind of a dicey call but i actually didn't think that was a good call it was a bad call you. it was the, it was yeah. the same one that the blazers got hit or lost out on against the yeah. suns but it's just it is what it is it's the opportunity for him it, he's taking advantage of it and making the best of it i think and he's not not rocking the boat and they're not forcing it to him it's all right it's all very natural and they're flowing through it. And I'm, I'm kind of excited with that. Uh, leaning into that, uh, another question here was, Nasir and Shaden seem like a tandem that should share 100% of the minutes of their court together. Can you give some analysis on that? I don't disagree. I think having two hyper-athletic young guys who want to be around the rim, the Blazers tonight, when the Lakers made their run in the third quarter and Portland looked like crap, you know what happened? They were going horizontal with everything. There was no penetration at all. There's no collapsing of the defense. The Lakers went zone and they dared them beat off beat them off the dribble and Ant struggled. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that had to do with this. It was just basically Ant and Nas back and forth, and they weren't. Nobody was getting a back cut. Nobody's turning in. Nobody's setting the off ball action because they. You had a lot of young guys on the floor who didn't know how to deal with a two three with that much length. Because right. I mean, you throw a. But the Lakers, for all of their warts, have length everywhere. Yeah. Like, Lonnie Walker's long and, and rangy and stupidly athletic for a point guard. Troy Brown Jr. is a big, long dude. Austin Reeves is a big, long dude. LeBron James, Anthony mm-hmm. Davis. Like, they have dudes out there that can make stuff very, very difficult with you. It's the whole idea of bringing them all together is... I think something that the Blazers need to look at because the, both Nas and Shaden have innate athleticism and a nose for the rim that they can break something. Do well, you, do you I, understand, I, understand what I'm saying? They, they can break no, the defense. I, yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. Um, you know, I'd love to see it. I, I kind of am starting to wonder, and I know we're still a little bit away from it. First of all, I agree with you. Uh, why can't you do it? There isn't a reason that would make sense to not see them on the court together. I think everything you just highlighted is 100% correct. I, th- I think the only thing that's going through my brain, and I, I know I shouldn't be going here, but I don't know how the, I'm curious how the minutes are going to work when GP's back. Mm-hmm. And like they, they could be in an entirely different situation. Joe, you know, it kind of, I think the team is hinting at maybe this injury takes a minute, like let Gary rest up a little bit, and they don't seem to be in a rush right now, but. I think that's a fascinating angle right now. Why can't they be on the floor together? Like what's the argument against it for GP and Shaden? No, for Shaden and, and Nas. I don't think there is one. I think here I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll talk about Gary Payton here at the same point too. Yeah. Um, from what I've been able to gather folks, I would expect Gary to be like fully ramped up, ready to go by Thanksgiving. So while he might be back sooner than that, I wouldn't expect him to be like in season shape till around a week before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like that's just the ramp up time. But think about it right now. That's only a month away. Mm-hmm. Like it's not that far away. And he's not last, last I heard uh, he was not doing five on fives yet. 
And if he's not doing five-on-fives yet, it's probably going to take him two weeks to be fully ramped up in five-on-fives. From there, it's probably two weeks to get his conditioning up. So a month. I think that's fair. Yeah. So with that, those minutes, I think, are going to be slow and few and far between. Let's just take a look at minutes right now. Tonight, Simons played 36, Hart played 36, Dame 34, Grant 35, Winslow 25. So that left 16, 14, and 13 for Eubanks. I think once things get going, Gary kind of works his way into the rotation. It goes from 9 to 10. Knock three minutes off for Simons, three minutes off for Hart, probably two minutes off for Grant, three minutes off for Winslow. And then does Eubanks lose his minutes to Trendon, or does that become another issue? But I think you're able to find Shaden Mm -hmm. at least 12 minutes. The one who I think probably gets squeezed right now with the way they're looking at things and the way that they're forcing development, or not even for, you know, kind of forcing development, is Nas. And Nas will have to take those minutes from well, somebody. Well, he's, start, he's starting to make a case the last two games, though. Exactly. Like, when you shoot like that, you're making a case. I, I just wanted to be noted for here for the pod because I brought this up. So I'm looking at the lineups Portland's had this year, and this is off of cleaning the glass. If you just go – it's just crazy, Danny, like when you look at it, obviously possession – count matters here right but like when you go to their their best plus outputs it's crazy how many lineups of those shaden's been involved in and i just like he's a plus player i think it just goes to what you're saying is like even when he's not hitting shots and and maybe he commits a foul or two like i just i feel comfortable with him on the court and i think that's an important piece here is you have a plus player and you get to play him and he's a rookie like there's so much to build off of even in the moments when he's not having a game he would classify by himself as a good game. Let me go real quick. On court, Shaden Sharp. Filter the lineups. Yep. Overall, the Blazers are plus 22 and a half. Yeah. I mean, every lineup I'm looking at is plus 8, plus 16, plus 69, plus 100. Uh, and then here's I mean, the thing. Their offense is in like, the 21st percentile, yeah. but defensively, they're in the – they're in the hundredth percentile. Yeah. Defensively, they're phenomenal. They're having a great defensive start. And there's there's only sixty possessions, so twenty possessions a game. But defensively, they are phenomenal. Like truly great. Like Off- you got to see the Kings since that game and be like, damn, Portland actually did a pretty good job against them. Like Darren Fox is cooking right now. I listen, man. I said he's a problem. He starts knocking down those stupid threes, and he is, and he is. But for all of the, everybody wants to see Shaden score fifteen. Like they are more interested in him on the defensive side of the floor because he does. Chauncey was not saying just to, like. I I don't think people have truly wrapped their head around Chauncey and how he talks yet. He pretty much lays it out there, but he also plants stuff. Like he doesn't say anything about, if he doesn't say anything about you at all, probably not great. If he's talking about you, it's usually to be glowing and not necessarily performative, but informative. Mm -hmm. He talked about Shaden being an elite defender someday. This is a guy who played with Ben Wallace and, Tayshawn Prince. Tayshawn like, Prince, like, yeah. This guy knows – Chauncey knows defense himself. Yeah. He is – here's the same thing, same thing. Terry was not gassing anybody up who didn't deserve it. 
These they're these coaches are not going to go out of their way and talk about like it's one of these things. Oh yeah, no, he's a good player. I really like having him. That's not what I'm talking about. When you get very specific about a a, a, a player's skill set, and you're going, no, that guy can shoot the ball. Like you cannot believe, or no, this guy has got an elite defensive skill set. You guys just wait. You'll like when it, when Chauncey says we were a little worried about him and his performance defensively off the ball. We trust him. Like we we know he's good on the ball. And then he goes, "Hell, we got older guys on this roster who don't know how to play off the ball defensively." That was both a backhanded compliment to or a backhanded comment to his guys, and also mm-hmm. like Shaden will figure this out. Yeah, and it's kind of bearing itself out in the early returns on the numbers. And again, three games, smallest it's three games, six, yes, sixty yes. possessions, yes, Woo! smallest right. sample sizes. But if you're looking for like out or, or, or promising points to go but, off of, this is but like imagine, and, and imagine if I would have told the fan base like the minute after he he gets his shoulder injury in, in summer league, everybody's thinking the same thing. We're just not saying it out loud. If I would have told you right then that moment of what he was going to be and what some of those numbers were. Three games in or two games in or five games, you're ecstatic about that, man, because it's so much better than hearing, oh, he's not even playing. That's cool. Yeah. He's actually playing and he's Or he gets some garbage time and, you know. Whatever. Yeah, right, right. I right. mean, the guy got loose today and threw down on LeBron James, a guy who's literally been in the NBA longer than he's been alive. <laughs> That's wild. LeBron's in year 20. Shaden's yeah, 19. He's 19. That's to, crazy. to be clear, Shaden was born May of 2003. Braun was drafted in June of 2003. Boy, that's wild. Nutty. Absolutely yeah. nutty. Before we keep going, I uh, just want to thank you guys. Appreciate you. Like, rate, view, subscribe. Help us grow the show. If you haven't already, please click subscribe if you're watching here on YouTube. If you're listening on a cross po- uh, podcast, please leave us a review. Uh, help us, again, grow the show. Beat the almighty algorithm. Uh, you can email the show, jackedramsies at gmail.com. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram, at jackedramsies. Back to it. <sighs> I've gotten this from 4,700 people in one way or another. This is way too early, but can they even afford to trade Josh Hart? He simultaneously seems like their best trade chip, but also the emotional grit heart of the team. What's the move this year, apart from the obvious roster balance issues? First of all, let's talk about Josh Hart. Josh Hart has been tremendous. He has been everything that they want him to be and then some. Uh, I believe he ended up closing the game with a rebound lead. Yes, he did. He had 16 rebounds, 5 assists, 9 points. Uh, just a fantastic night. Three of five, one of one. Josh Hart is a reluctant shooter, but not a reluctant driver. He is a fantastic rebounder. He's probably the best rebounding guard in the NBA right now. It was Westbrook in his prime. He has clearly <laughs> fallen off that cliff. For all of the rebounding is, is easy or nobody really rebounds in the league, it is a genuine skill to be a rebounder at 6'5". Like it, it, it just is. And he gets, he doesn't just grab loose balls. He, he tracks down and gets contested rebounds regularly. He rebounds like a six foot 10 guy. Mm-hmm. He is a one man fast break. That is where he gets a lot of his, his scoring. I, not, he probably needs to be a little bit less reluctant as, as a shooter defensively, him and Grant have been fantastic in their ability to switch and tag uh, in and out of rotations. There's been a few moments that, I'll need to go back and watch where there's been some communication errors between him and Nurk. I tend to ble- blame Nurk, like, you know, the ending possession with LeBron, where they got a wide open dunk after Nurk came out at 40 feet and picked him up. But we'll talk about that one other time. All of this to say is 
Josh Hart has been tremendous, and all of the Josh Hart can't start at small forward talk is getting quieter, even if I believe it is still better for him to come off the bench. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have much else. I mean, it's pretty obvious Josh Hart and what he means to this team. He's a dog. He's a bully. He is somebody that absolutely wants to put the pressure on the defense when he gets the ball and put the ball on the court. Um, you know, that being said, I got a, I got a suggestion or a comment. I had more of a comment to those people that, Hey, you know, down the road, I'm almost with you like a hundred percent. You have to tell me who the player is for me to even entertain this idea. Like, this is what I don't want to dismiss. I, I don't want to dismiss the fact that he is a pretty good trade chip, right? Like if there's a team out there that whatever the circumstance, they're looking for a good guard play. Hey, we want Josh Hart. We'll give you so-and-so. I'm sure there's going to be a player that makes a lot of people change their mind on this. And I get it. But what I don't want to overlook is how important a player like him is that doesn't come across your roster very often. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is a guy that you mentioned. He's a guard. He's probably the best rebounding guard in the league. He puts a ton of pressure on a defense every time he puts the ball on the floor. And you know what? He's a guy that tries and plays hard. And I, I know that sounds dumb. You can categorize it as bulldog, whatever. But like, you just don't, we haven't had one in a long time. How did it, how does it feel to finally have one? It feels good. You know why? Because it hasn't been in Portland for a minute. And so like, I don't want to dismiss what that stuff means for a team trying to get back to, you know, more relevance within its conference. You'd have to tell me the player, but I'm kind of in that camp too, man. Like, I, I think he's really valuable for them. And I thought Dame sums up my feelings very well today in the post game. I love Josh Hart. I love Josh Hart. Yes, I concur. I am not going to talk about trading or not trading him until it comes that time. Because right now, I'm just enjoying what he's bringing. Do I see a world where it's somebody else? Sure. It's going to be somebody because they're still, they still don't fit together. Great. They still got, they're still a little too guard heavy. Yeah. They're, they're not, they're not a perfect roster. No. They're going to make move. It's just, I, I'm kind of in that camp that if you could make other moves, please do it. Cause yeah. I like having him on the team. No. And I, I get that too. There's, there's a certain Wes Matthews quality to him. Yes. That's and exactly what it is. It's that, exactly how I felt about Wes. And I, I've talked to a few people behind the scenes who were like, it's going to suck when they get traded. <laughs> Like that's, that's that's what I keep getting told over and over again. Enjoy it. You're going to lose it. I'm like, I've talked to a bunch of agents and, and, and NBA power brokers. And they're like, he's great. That's Stop. why, that's why, I so, that's why so many teams will, will want him at the trade deadline. I don't want to hear it anymore. Stop it. I trust me. I get it. Uh, this is an, a break your heart podcast, Yeah, what are no, we doing? but he's been tremendous. And I don't really want to talk about him being moved. I, 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 I do think there's a world where they do find a way to keep him in yeah. the long run, but um, it's it's going to be tremendous as far as how things balance out. It's it's, it's I, I do not envy Joe Cronin and Chauncey Billups come trade deadline. I will say that. No. Uh, we'll we'll kind of move into the odds and ends here. Uh, with the Blazers having another game with high turnovers, how do they fix the issue? There's a couple issues at hand. One, there's not knowing where each other is going to be or not entirely trusting where and they keep saying the word trust and they're trusting each other, particularly in the fourth quarter, the other three and a half quarters, they are not. And they're, I don't want to say this word, but I'm going to say it anyways. They're lazy on some of their passes. Dame yeah. the last two games has been a world beating offense unto himself. 
his pile of turnovers have come off of very bad lazy passes. And it's very unlike Damian Lillard. He has floated just bloop lollipops five or six times in the last two games that are just begging to be picked off, and they are. Uh, he had one to Grant today on a fast break, or no, it was Hart, and they just ended up, like, Hart stumbled all over himself, was able to save it and throw it up eventually, but uh, Ants had some where he got trapped, and, you know, instead of forcefully making the pass, he's trying to throw a wrap, you know, bounce pass in two, and it's like, nah, man, you got to step through and fire that thing. Yeah. And there, there, there hasn't been, an, like, my biggest complaint probably about the team right now is that they're passing is subpar, and not necessarily the decision they're making with the pass but the actual physical pass itself the execution the of execution it. Yeah. of yep. the pass that's probably my biggest complaint with the team right now yeah no i no go yeah, ahead. no i i i think you're hitting on exactly mine it, it's just execute your common passes like mm-hmm. it, I, I just shaved my head but like the turnovers are making me pull my you know what i mean my hypothetical hair out man it's that's an area for sure that sticks out like a sore thumb i look they're three and oh it's great and there's a lot to be happy and excited with. Like just the way they play is fun to me. Um, some of this stuff that's good is going to come back to the norm. And then some of the stuff that I think is bad, I think is just ultimately going to cut down. I mean, I just, yep. I cannot, 100%. I cannot believe that a teammate of, of these kind of players is going to continue to be this lack of lackadaisical with the ball and have these kind of turnover numbers. Maybe I'll be wrong. We'll check back in five, six games but I just think their turnover numbers will naturally go down. This is a bit about like playing together, yep. kind of filling out game situations. Those are entirely different than anything you, in, you endure in practice. Yeah, no, the Blazers tonight had 19 turnovers. Yeah, that's... And you look, the Lakers had nine steals. You go back to the Suns game, and uh, I want to say the Suns... Chris Paul had five steals in the first half. It was it was painful. It was, it was painful to watch, but Cale Bridges and, and Chris Paul are, are tremendous ball hawks. Yeah. Uh, and the the Suns are very long, and the Lakers are very long, which means you need to protect the pill even more by yep. firing that piss rocket. It's, that thing needs to be you you can't, which which is really interesting because they've gone to some post ups, and <coughs> oh god, choked my own tongue. They uh, they've gone to some post up opportunities, and I've, I've actually thought a lot all but I think one of the entry passes have been really good. And that was a problem for the last couple of years. Entry passes were just awful. But some of their kick-ahead passes, and, and maybe this is part of it, now that I think about it. Perhaps because they haven't played fast enough for so long. Yeah, the tempo kind of thrown off some of this stuff, throwing, too. Like Ant and Dame are your primary ball handlers, and if you're playing faster with two guys who haven't been playing very fast for the last couple of years, perhaps that's part of it. But that, that's one of those things that I'm, 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 I'm watching is – the execution of passes. Cause there was a couple plays today where the ball went in, out over around, skip back across and, and knock down a three. And I'm like, that's tremendous basketball, but you could see that thing just humming around. Yeah. And perhaps again, the other part of this is that the passing itself is not as pristine or crisp or precise because of that lack of trust or understanding where guys are going to be right mm-hmm. away because it still is so early. Yeah. No, I, I think that the tempo thing is a good point. Like at the end of the day, when you're, when you're going up in tempo the way that they have and transitions are going up, I mean, it's not all of their turnovers. A lot of this has been just boneheaded kind of passing, 
But I mean, I, the temple has to be adding a caveat to this, right? Sure. Just the, the, the increase. You got to find that. Yeah. That, that sweet spot, right? Right. Right. Uh, it's only three games, and, and you and I have held our our tongues on on making reviews one way or the other. But I think it's important to call some good, bad, otherwise out. Uh, what do you think the biggest improvement made by Chauncey is from his first year into his second year? Trust. Hmm. How so? I think he. I think part of the rotations that I like a lot, aside from just his willing to kind of try a lot of different looks, is I think when he throws a guy in there, you can kind of maybe question it a little bit. And I think ultimately when he does it, he's doing it from such an absolute, I trust this dude right now. This is a really crucial time. This is a guy that I want out there. Like, I, I didn't see Nas coming today again. Like, it was nice what he did in Phoenix. I didn't see him doing that again today. But you know what he's doing that's a little different to me? And it's it's really encouraging. He's just shooting a shot. He's not thinking about it. He's just doing it. Like, he knew today. He was like, Braun's not playing on me. Braun probably doesn't think I'm the kind of guy that's just going to pull up here. They're kind of hovering at the top mm -hmm. of, the, of the key. And it's kind of looking like I'm going to give this ball back and just let me kind of it, – it's like my dog that's looking at another dog. Like, I don't let him, but, like, he'll do one of these. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. his head's kind of tilting. And, like, ah. and that's kind of what Nas was doing, three-point line, and then he just pulls up and he shoots it. And he gets another shot a little bit later on, just pulls up and he shoots it. And I think that's an important thing to me because it, it indicates, it's, one, it's a player getting out of his own head. It's great. Mm -hmm. And, two, I just think when you look at who he's playing when he plays – I just think it's trust, man. He went small ball five immediately and never hesitated with yeah, it. Yeah, in, in the Sacramento game, he immediately went away from Nurk saying, you ain't yep. got it, you ain't bringing it. You ain't it. got it. He's and, just trusting his yeah. dudes that he has right now. Game in and game out. And honestly, the, the flip side of this is he trusted Ant when he wasn't shooting the ball. Dane yes. trusted Ant when he was. Hell, tonight, the flip side, or the, the flip side, but the, 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 the player side of this, it's kind of echoing down to them. Dame gives... Jeremy Grant the look to win the game today. Yep. After, yeah, there was no argument on that play. It was no. Jeremy Grant. Here you go. And the night before it was Phoenix. Yep. Uh, it was Ant and Phoenix. Like it was. So yeah, I th that's that's a really good call. For me, it's the the execution coming out of timeouts. They have been so bleeping good out of timeouts. Um, let me pull up their offense here real quick. Yeah, I can actually I can actually see their out of after timeouts. Uh, ba -ba -ba -ba. Uh, they're out of bounds sets on the side right now. They are scoring 1.29 points per possession. Jesus. Yeah. That's pretty damn good. That would be the best offense in the NBA. <laughs> their their sideline out of bounds plays have been fan-freaking-tastic. Fan-freaking-tastic. They've had a couple of baseline gems too, but... They have just called some stuff and gotten a ton out of sideline out of bounds stuff. And I love it. I, I love what the, the execution. There's been some ingenuity. And, and what I really appreciate is there's been some, a little bit more of riding the hot hand. Mm -hmm. There was, uh, Ant's been playing really poorly through the last, the first three games. The two periods, the third quarter against uh, uh, Sacramento and the fourth quarter against the Suns, because he didn't really have a period against the Lakers at all. But in both those periods, there was two sideline out of bounds plays that he ran for Ant to kind of keep him going. Yeah. Hey, let's let's try to feed into him. Let's get him, let's get his confidence rolling. 
And so for me, that's understanding your personnel. And I, and I being more in tune with that, I, I've kind of kept my finger on that pulse a little bit of like, okay, this makes sense. I, I, I see what they're trying to do here. And they're just they're nothing world breaking as far as sets or plays, but it's just, it gives you a little bit of insight into, Hey, let's run this here. Mm-hmm. It, again, it probably feeds into that trust to be yeah. honest. It's that pulse of the team and kind of where ultimately they lay. I, I know they're different answers, but in a way, like I, you're just walking us through it and I'm like connecting the same thing in my brain, right? Like it's just knowing and having a faith in your guys and kind of what your belief is that they're going to go out there and play exactly how you want them to play. And you know what? It's three games. It's a long season, but I'll say immediately, man, I, I already feel like I was wrong three games in. I, I give a lot of kudos to a guy like Dame, who his whole career, it's never been this tempo, and they're pushing it. And you know what? He's riding with it. Like some possessions, he's not even able to get down there before they've already put up a shot or had a good look. Like he's just trusting what they're doing, and he's, he's riding the wave with them. And I, I love it, man. I, I think it makes it a lot of fun when you can do that. And another kind of hat tip to Dame here in a sense of he is actively working to play off ball. Yeah. Sacramento, I think he was still fighting it. Phoenix, he really couldn't because they were struggling. Even this game, they start he Dame starts one of five tonight or this afternoon. And then as things kind of got going, he's working off the back of the defense, changing their eye line, changing the sight line, attacking from different spots. Now once he got rolling, he's walking into threes, walking mm-hmm. into him, walking into him, walking into him. Like that's once he gets going, we've all seen this before. Back to back forty pieces, just tremendous. What's been nuts about these forty point games from Dame is they haven't felt like Dame games. Has is any of this felt forced? Uh, L.A. today felt like a Dame game. Do you think so? Yeah, yeah, because he he was cooking just because of then, the step back, like the step back fadeaway I mean, three. Anytime you can kind of like put the punctuation point on the on the on the Dame time three, <laughs> I think you're like, yeah, he was cooking today, and he finally just like put him over the top and gave him that lead. Like today, to me, it felt like I even think in in, in pretty big bursts of Phoenix, it felt like it. Sacramento, it's just like when he's not getting thirty, you feel it, and then like when he's over thirty five and going for forties, you feel it. And so, yeah, I, I actually, I, I disagree with that a little bit. I okay. did feel like Phoenix, LA, you could, hey, Dame's got it, man. Get, let Dame cook. And he was. It's been, it's been fun. And that's the thing is, you know, we're going we're gonna to wrap it up on this one. Is this start for real? I mean, how far into the season do we go before we recalibrate what we think this team is capable of? Um, are you recalibrating? I'm not. No, I'm not either. I'm expecting a long season to be just that, a long season. <laughs> I'm expecting a six-game road trip coming up very soon with it. They could very easily go one and five on. Uh, also, let's not overlook tomorrow. <laughs> so you, like, listen, or I'll, Monday, if you're I'll, listening to yeah. this on a Monday, like Denver's I, in town. I will go full Danny Downer right now. I, I am not planning on them beating the Nuggets. Not in any way, shape, matter, or form. I love it. Back-to-back, road home. Let me, with uh, a team on a, on a rest day already in Portland. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. That's 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 a bummer. What What do you think the spread is? Just throw this at me without looking it up. Uh, Denver four. Denver three. Yeah. 
By the way, uh, home teams usually get anywhere from three to three and a half. So that's basically a six to six and a half point spread. It's a tough spot for Portland. Yeah, it is. And that's not like a, oh, you, you don't have any faith. Da, da, da. No, man, it's 82 games. Yeah. It's 82 games. Like, it's just, but do I, am I surprised by this? Yes. Because I didn't think they'd be able to get the other stuff. That's, I thought the offense would be better than it was. I figured they'd, they'd figure some things out. But they have gone from, there was a five or six minute stretch against the Clippers where they junked stuff up really well defensively. And I was like, hmm, that, that was like the ant, you know, handling the Kawhi post-ups, uh, Jeremy Grant getting chased down blocks and deflections, Josh Hart getting deflection going. Like You saw like these defensive possessions that allowed them to go out. And that's the other thing about this. The Blazers right now are in fast break points are sixth. The Portland Trailblazers are sixth in fast break points. They're getting out and running. Like, think about that for a second. That's insane. I know. That's insane. This team is not a team that runs. This is franchise is not a running team. So but look at the roster. It, it, it's it nothing but sense. dudes. And it's, it it's, makes sense. It's, and it's fantastic, and I love it. I love seeing what this is at. Do I expect them to hit a wall? Yes, of course I do. I'm Danny Downer. Come on, Downer Danny, whatever you want to call it. I absolutely, I, I very much expect this team to end up at 42 or 43 wins. But even in game, let's say they lost the Lakers today. They just played offense poorly, but were they entertaining? Yeah. yeah. Did yep. they did they hustle and scrap and fight and claw? Yeah. Were they getting out in transition? They were a lot more fun to watch. Yeah. All of those things. One thing I haven't looked at yet, and I'll, I'll take a look and see if it's actually here. But but the fan base, I don't think, is going to be as hurt by the losses this year because I think they, I think most of everybody's expectations adjusted. Well, their expectations adjusted, and also it's just a fun watch. Like if they lose playing this way, I can I can deal with it because I know that they're shorthanded roster wise. They're not where they want to be, but like they're giving me a fun product on my TV or in person. Like that's that's what made last year so miserable, right? It was a team of guys that we knew should have been broken up. They weren't. We were sold a bill of goods. They're coming back. And like they were losing and they were losing looking like crap. It was just not, yeah. it wasn't a fun watch. This no, is a it was fun a bummer watch. watch. Good Lord. Yeah. So the first two games, the Blazers had uh, over 50 points in the paint, 20 fast break points at over 30 free throws. Tonight, they didn't hit a single one of those marks and they still won. Yeah. That's how bad the Lakers are. <laughs> Tonight, the Blazers had 15 fast break points, 38 points in the paint, got to the free throw line 27 times, but they did. I'm sorry, they got to the free, yeah, no, they got to the free throw line 27 times which uh, seven more than their opponent, but they did hit a few more threes tonight, which is what changed it up. But for the third straight game, the Blazers were under 30 three-point attempts. Yeah. This is a team that averaged 41 the last time they had a four roster. Yep. That is a tremendous shift in shot diet. The Blazers play the Nuggets you tomorrow. helps you fight migraine attacks. Don't you do it, ESPN. My God. You think I'd learn after the last show to try to catch that that auto play that starts twenty minutes later? Those guys are oh, for it's that. ESPN's pretty bad with that. They're they're horrible. They're egregious. But one of my pregame questions for Chauncey tomorrow will probably be along the lines of, "Do you like where your shot diet is?" I asked him pregame again against the, before the Suns game. I'll ask him again tomorrow. Do you like where your shot diet is? Getting because it feels like the Blazers are their best right now when they're getting their feet in the paint. Yeah, which is such a stark contrast to what it has been. 
the flip side is they've been so poor shooting that getting their feet in the paint and generating free throws has been their saving grace. Mm-hmm. So he probably likes where the shot diet's at. <laughs> well, I mean, that, but that comes with roster, though. Yeah. You know, having having not... guys that can put the ball on the floor. Yep. So, all right, that is our mailbag for this week. Thank you all so very much. Like, rate, view, subscribe, help us go to the show. If you're watching here on YouTube or if you're watching the replay, click subscribe. It's free, it's cheap, it's easy. Little click button. That's it. But if you want to become a uh, member and watch all of the road game watch parties, be a part of the contests and everything else we have going, subscribe. Cheap, almost free, and it's a huge community. I think we've got uh, well over 400 subs right now. So, um, you want to contact the show? Jack Ramsey at gmail.com. You can find us on social media at Danny Mering, at Brandon Sprague. Uh, and you can catch Brandon uh, every morning, tomorrow morning, 6 to 9, Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. Uh, I'm sure they will have lots of the old college foosball to talk about with the Ducks' big victory over UCLA. You can catch uh, me and my co-host, Dusty Hera, uh, noon to 3, also on 1080 The Fan. We will have our college football and dive into a little bit of Blazers talk, uh, particularly uh, off of two uh, fresh wins over the weekend, and uh, dive into a little bit of Nuggets and uh, have a little bit of fun. But other than that, Thank you all so, so very much. Thank you for getting us to 4,000 or over 4,000, bl- blowing that away. Uh, we will come back probably either Tuesday or Wednesday. i got to take a look at the schedule here. I think it's uh, Tuesday would be right because don't they come back Wednesday? Yeah, I, I think they're back, back on it at one Wednesday. So we'll, we'll, we'll take a look and see. Maybe we'll do something after the Nuggets game on Tuesday and kind of or ap- the day after and then kind of go from there. Uh, yeah. this is what live planning looks like on the show because uh, <laughs> everything goes sideways. Uh, again, thank you all so, so, so very much. We love you. We appreciate you. Have a wonderful, wonderful night, a great week, and we will catch you next time. Take care, y'all. Bye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.